Hello and welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. This episode, a brief history of Title IX in Texas. Hi everyone, welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. I'm author Jackson Michael. And in a previous episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, we celebrated the career of University of Texas women's basketball coach Jody Conrad. During the course of our interview, she shared a little bit of Title IX history that I also wanted to share with you. And I also wanted to give some quick history on Title IX itself because there are some very interesting aspects to the law and its history that might surprise you. Title IX was part of the Educational Amendments of 1972, signed into law by President Richard Nixon on June 23, 1972. Although it is commonly known for its effects on women's collegiate athletics and high school girls' sports, the actual wording of Title IX doesn't include the words sports or athletics at all. The law in full states, quote, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance, unquote. So what does that mean for sports? According to the NCAA's official website, Title IX mandates that women and men have an equal opportunity to participate in sports, although institutions don't have to offer the exact same sports to both sexes. The law also requires athletic scholarship dollars distributed proportional to the participation in each sport. Thirdly, it also provides for equal access to things such as equipment and practice time. Here are a few statistics of before and after Title IX was passed. According to the Women's Sports Foundation, founded by Billie Jean King, before Title IX, only 1 in 27 girls participated in sports. That number has grown now to at least 40%. Billie Jean King's official website states that women's participation in college athletics has grown over 600% and girls' participation in high school sports has grown over 1,000% since the passing of Title IX. University of Texas women's basketball coaching legend Jody Conrad adds that women's professional opportunities were much smaller compared with today's post-Title IX world. She describes what options she saw women having while growing up in the small town of Goldthwaite, Texas. This is going back to the 60s, the 50s, and it was unusual, and especially in a really small town. Uh, I didn't see women doing anything except being in the home, raising children, unless they were teachers. Every once in a while, we might have gone to a bigger environment, Brownwood, and I might have seen a nurse. But I think, thankfully, that has changed dramatically, and it's really hard to explain to young women today. They can't even fathom that that's the way it was early on because 
their world is so much bigger. Their vision and their dreams are so much more than what I grew up seeing. A great example of how different things were is a story about President Lyndon Johnson's daughter, Lucy Baines Johnson. She was forced to drop out of nursing school at Georgetown when she was married in 1966. That was while LBJ was president of the United States. That's completely unimaginable today. Jody Conrad had the rare opportunity of playing girls high school basketball in Goldthwaite, although it was a modified half-court version of the game. She played in college while attending Baylor, but changed her major from history to physical education to participate. You can hear more about that in the Jody Conrad Passing It Forward episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, and that is episode 19. In a post-Title IX world, she could have majored in whatever subject she wanted and could have earned an athletic scholarship. Athletic scholarships allowed many more women to attend college. That, in turn, opened many careers for women, often in professions that few, if any, women previously held. Coach Conrad noted that the fields of law and medicine were two that changed dramatically post-Title IX. This is pre-Title IX, but as I started embarking my professional career, that law was passed and it changed the lives of young women everywhere, not just in sports, but in a lot of areas. When Title IX passed, there were less than 10% women in law school and less than 10% women in med school. So it wasn't just limiting in terms of opportunities. It was limiting in terms of vision, what you could see, what you felt you could do. And all of that then sort of changed dramatically with the passage of Title IX. So Title IX not only had a tremendous impact on high school and college athletics, it also greatly affected the country's workforce. More women became doctors, more women became lawyers. The same holds true for university professors and scientists and many other professions. Despite all of this, Title IX didn't make a big noise when it was signed into law. In fact, Coach Conrad stated that she wasn't aware of it. It was not on my radar at all. I was totally unaware and oblivious to the fact that any of that was happening. It wasn't until later when I had moved to UT Arlington and then became friends or acquaintances with Donna Lopiano that I began to really understand the full impact of Title IX. Uh, We usually don't even talk about it coming into existence until 74, and then um, I came to Texas in 76, and my being hired at the University of Texas was a direct result of Title IX. Coach Conrad was far from being the only one unaware of Title IX and not realizing its future effects. President Nixon made a statement to the press after signing the educational amendments of 1972 that included Title IX, and he mainly discussed the school busing aspects of the legislation. The New York Times article that summarized the new law 
mostly outlined Nixon's comments and a large student financial aid package. Title IX wasn't mentioned by name at all in the article and was alluded to only in one sentence, which noted that universities would lose federal funding if they discriminated against women in their admissions policies. Nothing about sports, nothing about athletics. A piece of legislation that quietly passed would eventually lead to loud cheers in high school gymnasiums and college arenas throughout the country as girls' high school sports and women's college athletics would explode in both participation and popularity in the decades to come. When we return, we'll hear about what is often thought to be Title IX's first official tie-in to college athletics, and hear about the story of how Title IX was implemented at Texas A&M University on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. Hi, this is Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, and I listen to the Texas Hall of Fame podcast. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Hampton Inn Waco, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll enjoy the Hampton Inn Waco's free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Hampton Inn Waco your home court on the road. Welcome back to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. Episode 17 of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast covered the first annual Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament. In that episode, Texas A&M swimming legend Vicki Brown Sobecki noted that A&M Athletic Director Emery Ballard was at the forefront of supporting women's athletics after the passing of Title IX. Brown was one of the first women at Texas A&M to receive an athletic scholarship and was an All-American swimmer for the Aggies. She later served as president of the Texas A&M Letterman's Association. She calls the women who played on early Texas A&M squads pioneers and gives credit to the A&M administration at the time. She also enjoys watching the success of today's student-athletes. She adds that the NCAA didn't keep official women's athletic records until 1980. Even though Title IX it started in 72, it wasn't until 1980 that it was really like, you've got to do this. And so I always say that the first Lady Aggies that came through from basketball, like I said, volleyball, swimming, all of those are pioneers, and now you know, I always say it's great to see Texas A&M University women's athletics kicking butt. So we're very happy to leave that legacy because no one thought we would stay, but Emery Ballard knew it. He and Kay Don, she was his assistant director as well, and she had that foresight also. Tom Adair was on the Athletic Advisory Council, 
Uh, and they were very much the ones that said, no, we need to letter these ladies. Title IX has not been a static piece of legislation since President Nixon signed it into law in 1972, and it remains both celebrated and controversial. Going all the way back to 1974, U.S. Senator John Tower of Texas introduced an amendment that aimed to exempt Title IX from revenue-producing sports, particularly football. He argued that Title IX was solely meant to protect women's rights for education and extracurricular activities. The Tower Amendment didn't pass the Senate, although it did inspire the Javits Amendment that passed in Congress later in 1974. The Javits Amendment is often thought by many to be the first official legislative connection between Title IX and sports. The Department of Health, Education, and Welfare issued the final Title IX regulations in 1975. In 1976, the NCAA filed a lawsuit to question whether federal dollars directly helped fund college athletics, but the NCAA ultimately lost that debate. Several landmark lawsuits since have morphed Title IX interpretations over the years. Presidential administrations have also installed new guidelines and procedures altering Title IX's scope over time. What hasn't changed is the impact that Title IX has had in athletics throughout Texas and the entire United States. The law granted millions of girls the opportunity to participate in organized sports at the high school level and has opened the doors for countless women to attend college on athletic scholarships. Those scholarships led to college degrees that opened a plethora of career choices and opportunities. Thank you for listening to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and when you do, book your stay at the Hampton Inn Waco. Upcoming podcasts will include Texas Sports Hall of Fame inductees Jeff Bagwell, Billy Sims, and Drew Pearson. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app.